Hi, I'm Jake Parker, and this is my podcast, Beyond Fit. My goal is to help you live a happier and healthier life by providing actionable knowledge and advice about a wide range of health and fitness topics, as well as self-improvement. If you want to find out more about me, visit my website, jake-parker.com. Thanks and enjoy the show. All right, guys, welcome back to the Beyond Fit podcast. My guest today is Mason Woodruff. It's his second time on the podcast. Uh, If you're not familiar with Mason, he runs a website where he posts a lot of recipes that are, I think the word you use is healthy-ish, where you track the macros and they're macro-friendly. And kind of basically the biggest advantage to me is just like a lot of the substitutions you show and a lot of the creative ways you can eat healthy but not feeling like you're compromising. So uh, last time Mason was on the podcast, we had a really good discussion that kind of went all over the place. So I have a couple questions here about cooking, but he gets to think and talk about that enough. So I figured we'd just kind of uh, shoot the shit about what Mason's been up to. So I'll let him go ahead and say hi on his end. Happy to be back. Happy to be back. I've recently been making, uh, with all the quarantine, been making my rounds back around a lot of the podcasts I've been on. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, I heard you on uh, Matt's podcast. Mm-hmm. Matt McLeod, yep. who says his last name? McLeod, yep. McLeod, McLeod, okay. Because he was <laughs> oh, on my I podcast got it wrong a couple too. weeks ago. Okay, okay. That's what's hard when you meet people online. Like you feel like you kind of get to know them until you actually have to say your name. And they're like, oh, I'm not actually even know if I know how to say your last name. Yep, yep. I said uh, Matt McLeod. Or no, I said Matt McLeod. And he corrected me. And then so mm-hmm. now his... I've got his name saved with the little cloud emoji. So I'll never mm, forget. Okay. But I think it's cool whenever I find somebody like Matt, where like it was interesting because I just, I don't know, you kind of come across somebody's Instagram profile just by happenstance sometimes. And I was like, oh, his podcast is called the More Than Fitness Podcast. My podcast is called Beyond Fit. It's kind of like the same idea. That's funny. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like Matt. And he, uh, he's, he's gotten some great guests on his show recently. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. especially me, but I mean, there's definitely yeah, especially some <laughs> I know. It's funny. We were talking about that too. Like, I think the really cool thing about a podcast is like you, uh, like a lot of the times I look at it more so as, you know, it's cool to get to chat with people that normally I wouldn't have the chance to, where it's like, you know, people that I've had on that I wouldn't probably just be like, Hey, can you get on and chat with me for an hour? They'd be like, well, I don't know. It's kind of weird, but if you're like, I have a podcast from my podcast for an hour, it's like, Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. Podcast. Yeah, that's true. I've heard uh, some other people say like starting a podcast was it's basically like getting a thousand hours of high price consulting for free, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's how I look at it too. Like, I think that the reason that I'm able to post two podcasts a week and I, I've never really gotten tired of it is because I, I look at it more so of like, this is an opportunity for me to learn and grow. And it's, I'm, I'm, I don't find myself very attached to growing the podcast or getting those listens or, you know, like reaching a lot of people. It's nice if that happens, but I think it should be more of a byproduct. Mm-hmm. I would agree. It's a, and it's a, it's a cool skill set to have. That's uh, not to just talk about Matt's podcast the whole time, but mm-hmm. I think you listen to it and I don't, I don't know exactly what he recorded and didn't. So this may have mm-hmm. not made the cut, but I was talking about, man, I, you know, I've always, because I've been listening to podcasts. I think we talked about this the first mm-hmm. time, like mm-hmm. I've been listening to podcasts for I mean, way before it was cool, not to sound like mm-hmm. a hipster, but mm-hmm. like just have loved podcasts, like in the early 2000 teens, you know, mm-hmm. like for a long time. And I wish uh, I had one or could do one, but I don't, I like mm-hmm. not in my, not in my wheelhouse um, doing 
doing the occasional guest spot is all mm-hmm. I can handle. So, I mean, you've um, talked I about like, cool. I, I've heard you talk about being an introvert before and like, I consider myself the same way, but I think it's interesting how, you know, most, most people that are introverted or know about introversion would agree that like, it's, it's painful for me to like just engage in small talk about nothing. But when I get on a podcast and it's an hour to talk about things I'm interested in, like health and fitness and self-improvement and whatever little niche area it is, that, that doesn't drain me at all. I really enjoy it. So I think I that's would, an interesting caveat. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Like if it's an engaged and, and deep conversation about something I'm actually into, mm-hmm. oh, I'm all for it. But mm-hmm. I think for me, it's more like, um, I love having an open schedule and having mm-hmm. anything like if I have more than like two things, mm-hmm. really, if I have anything on my schedule during the week, I like stress out about it for the whole mm-hmm. week. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I remember you guys talking about that on the podcast. Just the fact that, you know, you both essentially are working by yourselves and you kind of talked about the whole creative process and how, you know, it, essentially self-discipline and kind of a number of different things in relation to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh. I can't have too many things scheduled, man. It stresses me mm-hmm. out. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I remember like in the past, we talked, like in the last podcast, we talked about how you used to like get up in the morning and read every day. Did you feel like there was a point where like you were kind of, I, I guess like a broad word for it that I've heard before is like the motivation porn where it's like you have to get up at six and you have to read and you have to journal and you have to meditate and it's like this and that to be successful. Yeah, a little bit. That's, uh, that's interesting you say that because I remember um so i guess right now we're coming up on my three-year quitiversary so mm-hmm. after college i worked a few jobs and uh when i started to when i finally just made the decision all right i'm gonna quit and make this blog thing work um leading up to that i was like reading all the time uh like in 2016 or 17 i think i read like 60 or 70 books i mean like mm-hmm. just tons of books and a lot of them are non-fiction uh, business or self-development, that kind of thing. Uh, and I think I just got to a point where I was like, man, I, you know, I've got, there's nothing else. I mean, there's plenty I can learn, but like, what's mm-hmm. the point of just like hoarding knowledge? I have to do something with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, you know, talk is cheap. So I just, uh, I just did it and, mm-hmm. um, started kind of putting it into practice. And then now, you know, it's, uh, the, whatever, just in time learning has been for the past mm-hmm. three years. I mean, I, I haven't read uh, maybe, maybe a fiction book or two, but like zero nonfiction, almost zero reading unless it mm-hmm. was for a specific task that I needed to do. And then I would mm-hmm. learn it, apply it immediately. And then that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I would agree like the motivation porn or uh, the mental masturbation of mm-hmm. reading and, and, and hoarding knowledge for, some nebulous reason. Now I, I do mm-hmm. think there's a point where um, like that, that period of my life definitely equipped me with skills and knowledge mm-hmm. that I eventually used. Like if yeah. I hadn't done that at all, I'm not saying it's useless. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that at a certain point, you know, I, yeah, I would agree. Like stop, stop reading and start doing. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I agree completely. That's, that's the point I was going to make is like, I, I was definitely a little bit overboard with like the motivation and like success sort of thinking and, stuff at one point like i i mean there's definitely a point for me that i can almost to probably like the month where i kind of decided to put my life in a different direction and i would listen to people like joe rogan and tim ferris like a couple of my favorite podcasts and they'd have guests on they would all say oh you know you have to work out every day you have to get up at six and like i would have this like 
hour and a half morning routine and I would, okay, I got a journal and I got to meditate and like all these things that I heard about. And eventually I just kind of took a step back and I was like, okay, this, this is good information, knowledge, and I'm on the right path, but I, I really should narrow it down to just what works for me. And I think that's, that's what's important, knowing that we're all different. And just the fact that, you know, like you, you, you can't, people have different ways of going about being successful. You can't just implement every single thing you hear on Joe Rogan's podcast in your, in your daily routine. But it is nice, like you said, to get that base of trying out a lot of different stuff. And I, I don't, I would have never taken that time back. It was good to reflect and kind of get set in a new course, but eventually you realize what you need just for yourself. Yeah. I think, and that's what, you know, a lot of people will say the benefit of college is, mm -hmm. you know, you figure out what you don't want to do or what you don't want to learn about. And that's true. But for me, I, like I needed to take it a little bit further than just college, like mm -hmm. college, I did finally figure out, okay, well, I don't want to do this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the end of the day, I, I ultimately felt like I was like, all right, I'm just going to pick something and finally finish this. Cause it took mm -hmm. me way too long, terrible student. Uh, got out and then I was like, okay, well I have a little bit more direction, but I still had to, to dig, dig in and, and learn mm -hmm. a lot. And, and I mean, to Joe Rogan and, and all their points and like you're saying, I mean, I think unless you're just really talented, like raw talent and you just happen to find the thing that you're really good at, like at a young age, mm -hmm. like, uh, I don't know, whatever it is, uh, there, I, I would, guess that most people like a very high percentage of people need to spend a year or two maybe mm -hmm. more like like you're saying like waking up super early mm -hmm. putting in the time definitely outside of work because mm -hmm. once we're talking like when you're out of college I mean you have a job and like if you're just going to your job I mean that's it like you're just going to keep yeah. doing your job it, it takes it takes extra time and it does take hustle or whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it um, yeah and I think it's important to know that that's kind of like, I think it's kind of a generational difference too, because I think people that are in our generation realize that we don't necessarily want to go about our lives in the way like our, our dads and our granddads did in the sense that when you talk about work, like it seems like it was so much more emphasized, like everything was professional success for, for like my parents and their parents' generation. Whereas now, you know, there's, I think that it's probably a product of there's so much more information out there. And there's so much of an opportunity to work on yourself. And I think it goes off that like self-discovery too of like taking college and taking some time after college to realize what do you really want out of your life and not just do the best you can in college and then do the best you can in your job for 30 years and then retire and slow down. It's like, no, there's a lot of other considerations. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, and I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Like if somebody wants to just go to work and, and do their thing and, mm -hmm. and, it affords them a lifestyle outside of work that they get to enjoy mm -hmm. for a few hours every night and then weekends and occasional holidays. Nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I mean, like you're saying, it's a, it's a really cool time where you can develop a skill set and pick up a career that like mm -hmm. affords you a lot more freedom and happiness and fulfillment. And, uh, but not everyone's wired that way. I don't think it's, mm -hmm. it's definitely not for everyone, but mm -hmm. I think is. that, the important thing that I think about a lot is just intent. Like you said, if someone, if someone is like the type of person where they want to put their all into their work, whatever that is, they really enjoy it. And it's just like a typical job. Like as long as they're intentional about that and they don't feel like that cognitive dissonance, then I think that's a good thing. But I think a lot of people like me, I definitely always felt, you know, I guess the best word is just like angsty. Like I never felt like 
just trying hard and getting good grades in college was like enough of, of a fulfillment for me. And so I think just being intentional about, are you someone who wants to explore a lot of different avenues? Are you someone who wants to, you know, settle down and get a solid job and get a wife and kids early? And like, maybe that's, what's going to fulfill you. But I think as long as you're intentional, that's the most important part to me. Yeah, I would agree with that. So uh, I guess one of the other questions I had based on kind of talking earlier is I sort of talked about like outcome and being very focused on outcomes and just the fact that I feel like this podcast is more so just for me and for my learning experience. So I'm curious when you, you say that you're about at the three year mark of, of your, your online entrepreneurial sort of journey, how much did you feel in, in the past versus now have you been attached to like the outcome versus just wanting to put together good content that you enjoy making? It's a good question. Um, I would say it's, it comes in waves mm -hmm. uh, like, and, and I think in hindsight, I was more focused on or less focused on outcomes. Mm -hmm. Like in the day to day, it feels like I'm very focused on outcomes. But then when I look back, I think, you know, I really did enjoy that period. So mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, I'm not, I'm really not sure. I, I like to think that I try to remind myself to not focus entirely on outcomes and mm -hmm. like where, what the business is doing, like in terms of revenue or readership and, and like trying to project that out. And mm -hmm. I try not to focus too much on that. And, and honestly, like what we're going through, currently with uh, COVID-19 quarantine mm -hmm. and all these things, it's been kind of a, a good reminder. Like, yeah. like it could all, all these projections. Yeah. Like all yeah, these projections all go away. can, mm -hmm. exactly. Like what's the point? And, uh, and I mean, there's, there's definitely some benefits to, to at least like planning or trying to project some things, but mm -hmm. yeah, man, I, I think the more I try and remind myself to maybe live in the now, live in the moment, just enjoy mm -hmm. every day focus on the content, uh, focus on doing things that are fun and that I want to work on. Things have, at least so far, have mm -hmm. just been, you know, on a pretty steady growth path. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. That's a thinker. I think, I think it's cliche to say at this point, but it's definitely true. It's like when you talk about generational differences again, we definitely are in the generation of like, it's easy to equate like Instagram likes to the validity of a person or something like that, you know? And like you said, something like this will kind of make you take a step back and hopefully realize maybe get a chance to look at your life and think about the path you're on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's been, um, I think the older I get, the, the better I get at having, um, at acknowledging how grateful I am for, everything so mm -hmm. whether it's oh man you know i get to do like i get to wake up whenever i want every day and work on what i want every day like there mm -hmm. are cons to that like it's all on me you know like mm -hmm. i have to do everything but there's lots of pros to that I'm, I'm grateful for i'm honestly today or right now during all this i'm grateful that i don't still work in a gym mm -hmm. for a company mm -hmm. that owned a lot of gyms because that's got to be a nightmare right now. Mm -hmm. you know? So I think that, you know, I, I could try to continue to get better at having an attitude of gratitude. Mm -hmm. So besides gratitude, is there anything else you feel like balances you out on a day-to-day -day basis? Because I feel like my energy levels are very dependent on like when I'm getting 
consistent workouts in, it's almost paradoxical to, to say that like when I'm working out more consistently, I have more energy because that's one of those things that refreshes and refuels me. And I think that there's a lot of, uh, physiology that goes on behind that too. And just like the circulation of your blood and the mind body connection. But is there anything you do on a weekly or daily basis that you feel like kind of balances you out? So you feel like, you know, you get a break from, from work and get a break from being in your head, anything like that? Uh, I never get a break from being in my head, but Mm -hmm. maybe minor breaks. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, exercise is big. That's been, I mean, that's been one that's been basically in my, my entire life, you know, that's mm-hmm. just been a, a mainstay, like three to four days a week. I'm probably doing some type of fairly intense training. So that's always been there. I, I guess that's one you have to count. Um, currently, like since uh, my fiance and I just moved, um, you know, we, we love to go out to eat, which we can't do right now, but mm-hmm. we love to go on walks and, and play with the dog and those types of things. Just, just general, um, you know, being outdoors when it's nice, uh, and I think, yeah, it's exercise, it's physical activity, it's, mm-hmm. it's um, not being indoors. But I mean, we we do love being indoors too. We love mm-hmm. uh, binging some TV shows. And yeah, I think it's all a balance. Like mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, who do you like to watch for stand up? Um, I think the three, because we've watched a lot recently. I think mm-hmm. my three favorite specials these probably aren't my favorite uh comedians but three mm-hmm. favorite specials would probably be mike Birbiglia, uh his newest special i think it's called the new one this joe is on Coy. netflix yeah all these are on netflix joe coy live from seattle and then um who i don't know the third one those are two those are two really good ones mm-hmm. I really like those i, I like the tom segura and yeah yeah Christalia. um Theo Vaughn. I, I, but honestly, I probably like their podcast more than. Mm-hmm. Do you me. ever go to a live comedy down there at all? We've uh, we've been to several. Um, we had planned on going to see Ali Wong earlier mm-hmm. this month in San Antonio, uh, but that got canceled. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I think that I think <laughs> that live comedy. Yeah, I think that live comedy is one of those things that it's like a huge difference. It's kind of like a concert. Like, yeah, it's cool to listen to the band on Spotify or whatever, but a concert is a totally different animal. I think it's like maybe even more so a stand-up comedy because you get like that. I mean, if it's a closer environment, you kind of get that like body language, but you also get that feeling of like being around other people, like how the mm-hmm. joke lands and stuff like that. I think it's one of those things you have to see in person sometimes. It's if, if you really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I would totally agree. We, um, we, we haven't got gotten to, to go to as many as we would like, um since uh, you know we moved to austin last year mm-hmm. and uh, uh part of the reason was just you know there's more more opportunity to do things like that mm-hmm. uh and then for whatever reason we had a, a dry spell with all the comedians we like mm-hmm. uh, like very few were coming to austin um you know some would go to dallas or houston but mm-hmm. we just stayed pretty busy yeah I uh, I actually saw Louis C.K. in Denver like a month ago, and he's always been one of my favorite comedians. Unfortunately, kind of got canceled for a while, but I think he's kind of coming back. And like his his new uh, his new hour that he's doing on on tour is really funny. I think he's going to get on their special one of these days. I, I hope because you know it's I've heard it, that. It, it's shitty when you hear when you know so you know someone that you admire turns out to kind of be a creep. But yeah. I don't know. He's he's a hilarious comedian, so I kind of feel like I separate the the two. Right. Yeah. I've heard that he, I've heard that he plans on 
unless someone buys his special, he plans on like streaming it himself, like on his mm. website. So okay. I don't know how that'll work. Like you have to pay for it or buy it, but, um, and that could change, you know, Amazon or Netflix mm-hmm. could step in and buy it. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. So is, is there anything else you guys like to watch? Like, is there any shows that you and your fiance like? Or are going um, yeah, we, you know, we kind of like, I like to think that we like a broad range of things. Like she's mm-hmm. kind of a nerd. She likes, uh, and, and I am too. We, we love a good fantasy show. Um, mm-hmm. like the Witcher was a recent one that was out. That was great. Um, which, you know, I'd played the, the video game of that. Okay. Uh, so that was Oh, good. yeah, I heard about uh, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, The Witcher, Henry Cavill. That was a good one on Netflix. Um, the Boys was a great show from last year. Um, we recently watched, I was reluctant to watch Glow on Netflix for a long time, uh, but we really recently watched that. And okay. um, I thought that was hilarious. Those are three pretty different shows so that's a good example mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you moved to austin from uh was it not little rock was it little rock yeah mm-hmm. oh okay because i Arkansas. remember the first time we talked uh i mentioned that my uh my uncle lives in fayetteville and so I, i've kind of been around that area a little bit so when mm-hmm. so you guys about a year ago you decided to move what was kind of the driving factors behind those decisions just you said more to do yeah well I mean, Arkansas, like I was born and raised there. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's fine. You know, it's fine. Uh, (laughs) It's fine. But Mm -hmm. we, uh, we definitely wanted to, uh, to, to see what living in a larger city and a larger market was like, Um, you know, coming here, obviously, there's more to do in terms of restaurant events, culture, that type of Mm -hmm. thing. Uh, And then, you know, for my business, you know, part of it was collaboration opportunities with, mm-hmm. with brands and other people. Um, don't ask me if I've actually done anything since <laughs> being here, but you know, that's still a potential. That's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I really like Austin. I, I kind of get the same feeling. Like I've been in Nebraska my whole life and I'm kind of anxious to hopefully see somewhere new in the somewhat near future, just because like you said, like, you know, a, a, it's, I mean, Omaha isn't necessarily a small town, but you, you kind of get a, a mixture of the same things and the same people and stuff. Not that that's bad, but it's cool to see something new. I really like Austin. My uh, aunt lives there, so I spent some time there. It's, it's such a cool city because to me, I feel like it's, it's oddly like in the middle of a really conservative state, but it's kind of like a liberal like part of, of the state. So I think Austin's really unique in that way. And it's just like, so kind of just a pretty city, nice weather. I like Austin. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, like we're not very political people mm-hmm. and by very, I mean, we're not political people at all, but a lot of our views and things like that, um, it's the perfect, like we had visited some other bigger cities before we moved, you know, we had visited like Denver, some other hot mm-hmm. spots. Um, and here felt like it felt like home. It still felt like the South, but just enough. Not so conservative, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like uh, just mm-hmm. the right amount of things like um, that, that we, uh, that we really liked. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, would, I would agree. It's like the perfect mix of, of uh, the deep south and mm-hmm. not so deep south <laughs> and delicious mexican food and delicious mexican food for sure yeah and mm-hmm. delicious like all kinds of food the barbecue you know so coming from 
from Little Rock, we're probably more influenced by like Memphis style, like pulled mm-hmm. pork, like sweet sauce. Um, and then here, uh, so I was a little like hesitant on Texas barbecue and like Franklin mm-hmm. is probably, Franklin barbecue is probably the most famous. Uh, and so I had some brisket. That was actually like a Christmas gift. We ordered, that's the place you have to stand in line for like six hours. Uh, so okay. If you take one thing away when you come to Austin, you can order in advance. You have to get five pounds. So you're sharing mm-hmm. with somebody. Wow. Uh, but we got beef brisket and I had it and it like just blew my mind. It blew my so mind. What are, what are the characteristics that make the barbecue different of like, what, what are the, you kind of made it sound like there's like two kind of distinctions, like the Memphis style and Texas style. Yeah. And then there's Kansas city and then there's uh, everyone's kind of stepping up now and mm-hmm. our barbecue's the best. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they're all different. You know, they're all different. Like some will focus on like Memphis is primarily like, pulled pork so it's gonna be like mm. roast pork butt or smoked pork butt and shredded um the sauces are different like some like the carolina barbecue is gonna have that like tangy mustardy mm-hmm. uh, barbecue memphis is like kind of sweet almost like that bourbony mm-hmm. tasting kansas city i'm definitely not an expert on kansas city and then texas is more like um you know like like beef brisket um you won't find many like in arkansas you won't find many at least in my opinion, there's not that much like beef brisket or any kind of beef mm-hmm. barbecue that's like really very good. Uh, but here, whew, good stuff, good stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like dry yeah. rubs, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. The other, the other thing that draws me to Austin is like I, a couple of the people I really like to read, like Tim Ferriss and Ryan Holiday both live there. So I have this mm-hmm. fantasy about just like running into them, maybe becoming best friends or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I've... Uh, I've had a few people ask me, like, do you know where Tim Ferriss lives? I'm like, no. Like, and it's no funny. Way. He Did you read his, he recently put out an article about the cost of being famous or something. Yeah, like I that. did. And he, yeah, very much like about wanting to keep, not necessarily secret is the right word, but just like reserved because he's so in the public eye. Yeah. And yeah, I would, yeah, I would agree. Cause I mean, several people have asked me, like, do you know where he lives? Like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. If I oh yeah. Right down the street. <laughs> yeah. I know Ryan Holiday has like a, a ranch or something like mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. you could probably find him via Google Maps. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I want to say there's know. like, I feel like there's a lot of, I, I, I'm thinking maybe Aubrey Marcus also is based mm-hmm. out of Austin. On it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's, on it's on gym it. is right down the street from okay. us. Yeah. Cool. Well, I did think of one cooking related question. So <laughs> I've been trying to get a little bit more into cooking. Like my version of cooking is like, uh like fast and easy is what i usually prioritize but like once a week or once every two weeks i'll try to kind of put some effort into something so if you had to break down like being a better cook to someone and and a couple of like the base things that you have to get right what would those be i would say um probably learning to cook your proteins because the rest of the stuff like vegetables and and all your uh accompanying ingredients like Mm -hmm. they're pretty forgiving proteins mm-hmm. aren't so and by that i mean yuck your meats so those won't be very forgiving so learning mm-hmm. how to cook basically each i mean some people are going to eat lots of seafood and things like that for me when i think of your proteins i'm thinking primarily like your uh, your beef and different cuts of it so can mm-hmm. you cook a steak can you cook you know different types of beef can you cook um your pork you know like how to cook a pork loin versus mm-hmm. pork chop and then and chicken, you know, those types of things. And then 
when you dive into those, uh, learning a few different methods. So can you, uh, do you know how to sear a steak or like uh, reverse sear where you're like you start in a pan and finish in the oven or, or vice versa? Um, with chicken, do you know how to, you know, pan sear and finish in a pan versus mm-hmm. pressure cooking or slow cooking? Just so you have a few mm-hmm. different options. Yeah. Uh, and then getting good with a food thermometer or getting a, it's not, you know, there's no talent involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, just getting a food thermometer and learning what temperature you can get it to. There's going to be carryover cooking, like, so you don't have to overcook everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, learning to, once you cook the proteins, like once it's up to temperature, let it rest. That lets those proteins relax, keeps the juices in. So when you cut into it, it doesn't like, like if you ever cook a chicken breast and it looks mm-hmm. juicy, but you take it straight from the pan to your plate and you cut into yeah. it and then you have juice all over your plate. If you mm-hmm. let it rest, that juice stays that. in the chicken. So those types of things. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot, like there's lots to, I'm making, mm-hmm. I'm making that a little oversimplified, like learn mm-hmm. how to cook proteins. Mm-hmm. Like that's a, big skill right um and there's lots of little things because like you definitely can't cook one the same way you cook the other Mm -hmm. you know it's like you're not going to want to undercook chicken versus Mm -hmm. you know like your steak and maybe Mm -hmm. even pork depending on who you ask um there's i mean there's lots to it but once you once you figure out like two to three ways how to cook each of your main staple proteins Mm -hmm. uh, you can make all kinds of dishes mm-hmm. and, and you can get pretty creative with things. So mm-hmm. one of the best things. Helps. Yeah, I think so. One of the, one of the best things I ever did, like I guess a tip I'd give somebody is switch from chicken breast, to chicken thighs, just because I think that extra fat, it makes it so much tastier. I would agree. And yeah. I, chicken. Thighs I know you put chicken great. thighs in a lot of your recipes. Yeah. Chicken thighs are good. The, um, that extra fat makes them like, if you're one that, here's a here's a good way to say it if you can't cook chicken breasts or like if you can't cook chicken mm-hmm. at all like if you're not very good in the kitchen chicken thighs are very forgiving mm-hmm. like if Fats you overcook cook. them mm-hmm. the fat they're still gonna be a little bit tender whereas like if you overcook chicken breast you got rubber chicken like there's no way mm-hmm. around. it's very mm-hmm. unforgiving um yeah i mean but yeah chicken thighs are great chicken thighs are great but i will say if you learn how to to work with chicken breast you can have really juicy and tender chicken breast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just takes some practice. Mm-hmm. One, one of the things I like too, that like one of the things I've taken away from your recipes before is I'm, a, I'm always a, a big fan of like a crisp and like even a little bit of blackened uh, meat, like chicken, I guess, or vegetables. And I, I didn't realize how important it was to have it really dry. And that makes mm-hmm. a really big difference when I cook, just to have it really dry to get that nice crisp. I always like that on chicken and vegetables. Yeah, that's that's a, a perfect example of like one of the one of the many things that go into cooking proteins mm-hmm. better mm-hmm. is like pat dry with a paper towel. You can temper like if it's fat cuts of meat, so like like a steak or even like fat chicken breast that you don't want to like pound thin. Mm-hmm. Let those temper. So meaning like let them sit at room temperature for maybe thirty minutes. So you can pat it dry, sprinkle a little salt and pepper uh, or whatever seasoning you want. Salt will kind of do some sciencey things in there mm-hmm. and then let it, once it gets to room temperature. So what happens with like a fat piece of meat is if you go straight from the fridge to, the, to season and pan, the outside's going to cook super fast, but the mm-hmm. inside, because it's cold, it's the coldest in there, you know, the heat's not going to be able to get to it. So to cook it all the way through, you have to, you have to overcook the outside. Mm-hmm. So 
mm-hmm. tempering your, especially chicken, since it is so unforgiving, like pat it dry, get some seasoning on it, let it come up to, to not fully room temp. Like that's going to take a while, but you know, just a little bit. And mm-hmm. if it is and a I'll- super fat piece of chicken, you can always butterfly it or, or cut it in half or whatever you mm-hmm. want to do. And I've also always really liked the tip of a you a lot you almost always recommend to marinate chicken. I feel like that makes a huge difference too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, marinating or, or even even just a simple like saltwater brine like, mm. that gets in there keeps it juicy and tender. Um, I found that for chicken, if if in terms of like if you're a functional eater, so like mm-hmm. you don't you want things, and I've kind of noticed this with a lot of my readers, so. They like simple recipes. They like very functional recipes. So like I've made some things that are like lasagna or cannelloni, mm-hmm. uh, things that take a bit more effort. And like some people like them, but a lot of people think they're too much work or they're too mm-hmm. technical. Um, they're not very functional. So like mm-hmm. if you just care about functionality and in, in terms of like chicken, for example, like don't do full breast, cut them up or buy them diced or just mm-hmm. dice them yourself and then cook dice because dice chicken's super easy to cook. Like yeah. You can cook it in two to three minutes and each piece is pretty evenly True, cooked. Yeah. You don't have to worry about, uh, and, and you know, and you get more, uh, like, especially if you're taking dice chicken and like you're doing the pat dry with a paper towel and you season it, you're going to get more of those crispy edges just mm-hmm. based on surface area of each little piece. What is uh, what is cannelloni? Cannelloni. It's, uh, it's an Italian dish that's, uh, this is my Tex-Mex influence. It's basically Italian enchiladas. So they're okay. like, <laughs> uh, some people will stuff, uh, people use different types of shells. I used in mine, I used, um, lasagna sheets, like soaked oven ready lasagna sheets. And then you cook a, um, a, I used beef, beef, onion, garlic. It's like a beef, onion, garlic mixture rolled up in pasta and then cooked in, marinara tomato sauce with uh, cheese on top so it's mm-hmm. it's basically like a, a, a enchiladas rojas or something okay. like that with an italian flair mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned uh like the pre-cut chicken too because that's not really something i thought of but like what kind of jumped to mind for me is people will often probably one of the biggest complaints you hear about eating healthy is it's like oh you know it's too hard it's too much work but it's like if you want to spend a little bit of extra money get you know cut up chicken breasts get cooked chicken breasts it's like it's it's you know it's gonna have some preservatives and stuff in there but it's not gonna be like it's not gonna be the worst thing for you and you can get cut up fruit you can get already cut up vegetables like something i like to do a lot if i'm in a hurry is a lot of times i don't know if you guys have like you know like fresh time and trader joe's i'm sure you i don't know if you're familiar with those but those are like a couple of places Mm -hmm. i like here go and get some good like fresh cut up vegetables throw them in a pan with uh, some meat and it's like you have a, a tasty and quick, healthy meal. And yeah. it's, it's, it seems like now more than ever, it's, it's more accessible to eat healthy. Yeah. I, I'll, I like to say that I'll never be one to shame people for buying convenience ingredients. Like when I first started, I mean, some of my most popular recipes are like um, very bare bones, like very minimal, very convenience mm-hmm. based ingredients. Um, and I mean, that's, you know, like I'm far from a food snob and I hope mm. that I'd never become one. But uh, yeah, I would totally agree. Like, I mean, if you buy, if the difference in you like cooking at home is buying pre-chopped vegetables and, you know, or not 
you know, mm-hmm. for, for the love of God, buy your pre-chopped vegetables, you know, that mm-hmm. does make life a lot easier, especially cleanup. Like, yeah, it's not some a mark of my favorite shame. recipes. Yeah, exactly. Like mm-hmm. some of my favorite recipes of, of late have been um, things that have like uh, sliced mushrooms. You're going to have to slice mushrooms and a few peppers mm-hmm. and um, some cherry tomatoes and things like that. And it's like, look, I mean, I know that's a lot of like prep work. Uh, it's really worth it. But if you can buy those things like pre-chopped or whatever, and it cuts your your prep time down by like 15 minutes, then yeah, mm-hmm. that's a big deal. But do mm-hmm. it, you know? yeah, people people in Nebraska, I feel like are huge on uh, crock pots. Just like throwing mm-hmm. something in there at the beginning of the day, and then come come home for dinner and it's ready. I love that. I do that a lot in the winter. Chili yeah, yeah. is one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, I, I love a good hearty slow cooker meal. Hard mm-hmm. to beat that. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing that's fun too, if you're ever interested, uh, I actually took a, a cooking class at like a community college here one time. And that was really fun too. Like I never considered myself a good cook, but it was cool to go and kind of experiment. It was like, we, we basically like split into groups and made like seven or eight different things. and got to try them all. Like, I think that's, I don't know. It's just fun to explore different things. Even though I don't consider myself a great cook, it's, it's fun to get better at it a little bit at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the world of food science is, um, in terms of like my college education, which was, um, I went into it thinking, so I went through a dietetics program to be a dietitian. Um, I had no real clue. Like, I mean, you can look at a curriculum, but you don't know what the classes really mean. Like, even when you read through them, um, I had no idea how much of, a, of that program, at least my dietetics program, uh, was based on food science mm-hmm. in the kitchen. I mean, I probably had, I think two semester, two, probably two full semesters worth of like in a kitchen, learning about food science, learning about cooking, learning about kitchen management, mm-hmm. um, those types of things. And, uh, and I would agree, like, it's a very, uh, they're very useful skills. And I would think for most people, because we all eat, uh, like if you get into it, it's it's a pretty interesting topic. And like you, mm-hmm. once you get the basics, like it's pretty um, it's pretty easy to scale your your uh, your knowledge. Like it's mm-hmm. easier to learn everything else about food mm-hmm. and cooking. Yeah, talk, Tim Ferriss turned me on to a he had a Samin Nosrat. I think I'm mm-hmm. probably butchering her name, but she's got that book in the show on Netflix, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. So that's mm-hmm. pretty interesting too. She's like a true like you know. Mm-hmm. legendary cook but it's cool just just even if you just read the read the the title and get that premise she's like everything in cooking has to do with salt fat acid and heat and I was like oh interesting and so like sometimes I'll find myself adding like lime or lemon to something or some balsamic vinegar because that acid component adds a lot a really different layer yeah yeah totally I mean that's that's a really um yeah I mean that's a really like I love I love that she simplified it as, mm-hmm. you know, cause that's basically it. Like, I mean, that mm-hmm. really is like, uh, at the root of everything. Um, you yeah. Know, it's like, like, it's simple, but it isn't, it's kind of just like saying like, all you need to do to get in great shape is exercise and eat healthy. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, yeah. 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 Track your protein calories. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then add a little salt, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. that is it. Uh, I, something I like to do a lot too, is like you talked about, cooking protein being the most important. I think that that's the most important thing to prep too. Like you're talking about meal prep. A lot of times my meal prep would just involve like cooking some chicken or 
pork or beef or whatever because it's way easier to throw that with like a sweet potato or like I have a rice cooker so I can easily make some rice it's like the carbs are usually easier to come by than the protein if you are someone who wants to like meal prep for the week yeah yeah I would I would agree like a lot of my favorite recipes um, are things that are like complete I, I love the complete recipes that are like mm -hmm. um, like a ground beef rice and bean skillet mm. where it's all in one thing and you can serve that or like a pasta bake. Um, but if you're one person or like if you're feeding a crowd, that's cool. Cause you mm. probably get like two meals out of it maybe. But if you're an individual, I understand like those recipes, who wants to eat the same thing for like four days, mm -hmm. you know? So, mm -hmm. so learning to kind of like pull out just protein allows you a lot more flexibility on like your meals. Like if you cooked, you know, chicken with a whatever you could put, you know, Tex-Mex seasoning flair on it. Uh, mm -hmm. And then you can pair it with rice. You can slice it up, put it in a salad. You can make quesadillas one night. You could make burrito bowls. You can do uh, breakfast skillets or scrambles. I mean, you can do all kinds of stuff once you have the actual protein cooked. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Well, we got a little bit of time left here. Now, what are a few of the things? So I compared like some of the big picture cooking things to you know the compound weightlifting and tracking calories and protein of fitness so what are some of the things that so like what sort of things in cooking are sort of do you kind of like maybe nerd out about or like are some of your your principles that aren't really hugely important but are just interesting to you that's a good question uh hmm i think we've already talked about one kind of um one thing I really stressed, uh, which it's, it's something that doesn't really matter. Like it doesn't affect the end result would be mm -hmm. like getting a good sear on your meat and proteins. Mm -hmm. So do it like we talked about earlier, pat dry, season it and leave it alone. Like don't like if I see a lot of people will put stuff in the pan and then they like immediately are like flipping and shaking and whatever. Um, like just leave it there and that that works for everything there's not just proteins like uh like if you want uh vegetables like you can develop some some crust and flavor on those mm -hmm. too by like get in the pan leave it um mm -hmm. aside from that i would say um i've come around to so i i, I know i said just five minutes ago that i would never become a food snob mm -hmm. but i have come around to on some things like um having a good olive oil uh, mm -hmm. makes a difference there's taste differences for sure like the flavor is, is better um things like using uh fresh cracked pepper mm, versus yeah. like the stuff you buy like just all pre you know cracked, definitely granulated uh that makes a difference um using uh, one thing that, that uh, this is probably, I've been doing this for a while now, but like when I first started, uh, a lot of my recipes would, they would focus pretty much on the macros alone. Like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how can we make this as macro friendly as possible? Can we cut calorie corners everywhere? So one of those was cheese. Like, can we use reduced fat or even fat free cheese? Embarrass it's embarrassing to say that now, uh, <laughs> but mm -hmm. using, so like now I only use full fat, real cheese. Like don't use the reduced fat stuff. Just use the real thing. It's worth it. It's yeah. kind of like chicken thighs and chicken breasts. Like the little extra fat. So mm -hmm. worth it. If you gave me reduced fat cheese or, or full fat cheese, I'm going to be like, 
never, (laughs) never. Mm -hmm. And then in that same vein, like buying, stop buying like pre pre shredded cheese, like Mm. grate your own cheese. Like that's a big one. Um, makes a huge difference. That's something in the past, like for convenience, I would buy pre shredded. And I mean, I'm not faulting anyone. Like I, I know Mm -hmm. if it's the difference between you cooking and not cooking, just buy the pre-shredded, but mm-hmm. it's not that hard to grate some cheese and it makes a huge difference. So mm-hmm. there's three, one, three, uh, is that three? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three or four things. So. Do you, uh, you kind of talked a little bit about seasoning. Do you have any like seasoning tips? Because I don't know, I kind of feel like I go all over the place. Like I, I like garlic and onion powder. I use those a lot, but you know, there's also, I don't know. I experiment a little bit with like herbs, thyme and oregano, but is there any sort of equation where it's like these three mixes always turn out well or anything like that? Or like any go-tos that aren't of course like salt and pepper. Hmm. I would say, well, before we get like dry seasonings, I would say one last thing Buy whole clove garlic. Don't buy Mm. pre-minced. If you, if you need a happy medium, you can buy peeled garlic. Um, So it's peeled and you know but it's not like and you still get to mince it yourself yeah it hasn't been sliced or minced or anything like that when you buy it like that that's like in the little jar that stuff does not taste like garlic mm-hmm. uh, i've used it before <laughs> if you can find some it doesn't have the flavor no no definitely not so buy fresh whole clove garlic and just do it yourself or use some kind of tool um but anyway on on dry seasonings i would say you know i really don't use i try to stay in the same wheelhouse of spices Mm -hmm. like a lot of my dishes kind of air on the side of tex-mex and comfort so there's lots of paprika there's lots of uh maybe not lots of but uh cumin's a good one and like you say garlic powder although like if i can use fresh garlic i'll try to do that Mm -hmm. Uh, um, although garlic powder is one that kind of gets a lot of like hate you know they're like that's a little Mm -hmm. home cookie you know it's like well yeah but it's it can be great it's kind of Mm -hmm. like garlic powder to me is a little bit like um like cheddar powder, like dehydrated mm-hmm. cheddar cheese. That's one where like when you mix it into a liquid or something, like that flavor really comes out. Yeah, um, I like I like to experiment with a lot of different uh, spices and stuff like when I'm making eggs because it's like, you know, mm-hmm. if I have eggs once every day or every two days, so it's like like to put a lot of different stuff in it because, you know, it's eggs. It's, they're, they're always going to turn out pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's a good and it's a pretty good like blank canvas for like, mm-hmm. testing flavor company. It's mm-hmm. a good idea. I, I think I remembered one more thing I wanted to mention. Would you say that I, this is something else I'd kind of heard you mention before. Do you think that people can do too much like stirring and mixing of their meat, eggs, vegetables, whatever it is, you kind of mentioned leaving it in there uh, a little bit ago. Is that something that is going to make a difference too? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean like if you, um, yeah, I mean, like, just so the next time you cook, let's just use like ground beef or any kind mm. of ground meat, for example. That's a that's a pretty easy one. Like, next time you cook some, season season one side of it, mm-hmm. uh, put it in the pan, and like leave it alone for a few minutes, and it's going to develop like some charring and crust on the side or the outside on the bottom, um, and then like when you flip it over or like season the top and then flip Mm -hmm. it over and do the same thing on that side and then get in there and break it up and everything. Uh, and then cook it until, you know, no pink remains, whatever. Uh, 
and then try that and compare it to what you've been doing in terms of like just throw the ground beef in the pan cook it completely mash it up Mm -hmm. and then and then season after and like you know like like for instance when you cook taco meat it's like okay just brown the meat then add Mm -hmm. the seasoning then add some water and like that's okay but those crispy bits like you don't want to burn the spices but like allowing the spices to bloom in the heat especially if you're using just a little bit of oil or a fattier cut of meat Mm -hmm. um allow the spices to bloom and you develop tons of flavor um and then you know cooking in a good pan like that's probably something i've kind of come around on too like you know the less you can probably use non-stick for things like that Mm -hmm. like if you can use stainless steel or cast iron to cook your proteins that's going to be a lot more effective at searing meat as opposed to like in a non-stick pan wait no when you use a cast iron do you still have to like you know would you still use like uh, an olive oil i use olive oil spray usually when i cook you definitely need that still too you can you can it depends on your uh on your on your skillet like if it's mm-hmm. pre-seasoned and you ha- you've been using it for a while and you're pretty good with cast iron um then you probably can just go straight in i typically mm-hmm. just go straight in unless a recipe i'm using like calls for olive oil or even, something like e- that even like eggs or something will be okay yeah i mean like it again it depends like if depends if mm-hmm if you're not great with seasoning and that takes a practice too, like Mm -hmm. you're probably gonna, like when you first start working with cast iron, you're probably going to screw up like cooking Mm -hmm. and cleaning it for a while. Mm -hmm. And then after a while you'll really develop a good season. So once you cook something, you can just run it underwater, scrub it, dry it, completely dry it. And then like, it's ready to go for the next time. And then, you know, like then you can cook eggs, like crack an egg Mm -hmm. in there without any oil or spray. Um, But you know, that, that takes a, a while to mm-hmm. to get good mm-hmm. with cast iron and then what about stainless steel yeah and then i was also curious about lids what 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 element does it, having a lid add well you're going to cook from so you're going to trap steam in so cook like the top of whatever you're oh, okay. so for instance like if you had a non-stick pan uh, and and what i was saying just then was like i wouldn't recommend stainless steel for cooking like mm-hmm. a fried egg or something mm-hmm. i would probably just use non-stick but you could use cast iron but like if you had a nonstick pan with a lid, you can crack an egg or multiple eggs, put mm-hmm. the lid on, and that way you're gonna cook the top part of like the egg whites without cooking the yolk or without having to flip it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can even add a little bit of water to the pan to create mm-hmm. steam. So like add a little bit, like a few drops of water, put the lid on, you create steam that cooks from the top. Okay. Um, so that way you get like that, you know, perfectly fried bottom of the egg, Mm-hmm. runny yolk without having like the kind of mucusy egg mm-hmm. white on top i hate mm-hmm. that like that's gross to me so <laughs> i need a fully cooked egg white yeah, yeah i agree yeah but it's kind of it's kind of hard to do that um you have to get the heat just right to do that without a lid so that's one application but i mean that would work for anything like mm-hmm. if you're uh, like if you have like frozen vegetables or something you can throw those in a pan add a little water, put the lid on and you're going to steam those. You're going to, you know, thaw those out much quicker than if you just put them in the pan without a lid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, Mason, thanks for your time. I'm going to go and uh, make some breakfast. I think I'm going to make some eggs. Use some of my newfound knowledge. (laughs) Yeah. Well, good luck. Well, thanks again. I appreciate you coming on and hopefully we'll do it again soon. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's Jake again. 
If this podcast provided you any value, I'd encourage you to share it with someone who you think might enjoy it. In addition, it'd really help me out a lot if you would go and subscribe or leave a review for my podcast. It's super easy. And in addition, if you have any questions or comments, I'd love for you to reach out to me by email or Instagram DM, which can both be found on my website. Thanks.